You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. The transfer portal with NFL quarterbacks continues as Matty Ice has a new home going to Indianapolis. The question is, with Jimmy G, does he stay in San Francisco another year? And what about Baker Mayfield? Is Baker Mayfield going to have to take a backup role? Doesn't seem like Carolina's interested. I don't know about Seattle. And then you wonder, some of these teams might just go all in on the draft. Atlanta, they're going to have Marcus Mariota, but I wouldn't rule out drafting a quarterback. Carolina, you got Sam Darnold. I wouldn't rule out them drafting a quarterback. The Saints signed Jameis Winston, so the Colts have Matt Ryan. Falcons, Marcus Mariota. Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks, I guess the Texans you could throw in there, although I think the Texans like Davis Mills. He's cheap, he's young. Seahawks and Panthers both have top 10 picks. So maybe you draft a quarterback, and if Carolina or Seattle finds that appealing, maybe we'll see if Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield will be holding a clipboard, maybe being a backup quarterback. And I was wondering about this. Baker Mayfield maybe with the Giants. They were looking at uh, Mitchell Trubisky. And they were looking at him as being a backup to Daniel Jones. But I just don't know if Baker Mayfield can go in and be a backup quarterback because his agent has positioned him to be a star. These endorsement deals, Progressive, Hulu, Nissan, uh, four other smaller ones in there. And those, those don't stay with a backup quarterback. Those feel like they go away. As Fritzy said last hour, He'll be uh, representing regressive ins- insurance, not progressive. It's on the table. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. Little mean-spirited. It is very mean-spirited. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. So when you have uh, some kind of correspondence with Baker Mayfield's agent, he I might... i say that. Yeah. He... I mean, where'd you hear that from? <laughs> that was a different show. You know what? I just blame Marvin. It's definitely Marvin's yeah. fault. Definitely. Tiny hands Marvin. Why do you say things like that about Baker Mayfield? Yes, Paulie. Maybe you could work for Bico instead of Geico. Bico. He's oh, oh, okay. Hello. Bye. Mm, no, no, no. I gave him two points. No, no, courtesy. Two points. no, no, no that, that's courtesy. I, he's down by like 11. Give him two points. No, no big deal. No. Very thoughtful. Is that the sound that that makes on Around the Horn? I think when you when you make something uh, that doesn't do well, you get frozen out. Like, uh, they do that frozen <laughs> face on you. Yeah. Like, but as far as giving you points, does it does it sound like that? Bloop, bloop, bloop. Kind of. It, it kind of does. How about we get some audio of Around the Horn? That'll require work and everything from us. Yeah, I know. Call Tony <laughs> Reale and, and just do your impersonation. Just have him on. Just say, hey, Tony, just listen to this. Bloop, bloop, bloop. I like Todd's impression of the points. I think it's better not for it to sound exactly right. Okay. We like to kind of make fun of stuff. All right. Let me hear you give yourself some points. I think Russell Wilson, the Broncos, could very well go to the Super Bowl. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> That's four right there. In a very tough division and conference? How can you say something like that? Thank you, Todd. What is uh, the poll question, Seton? <laughs> well, we went with uh, the team uh, that improved most this offseason, or a team that got more better, as I'd like to say. Okay. Uh, 38% of the audience say the Broncos. and now, But if you look at the bottom of it, only 1% Jaguars, 3% Colts. Oh. So they're not believers in any of that. But now I'm looking at uh, pro football focus. Okay. Okay. And so, oh, somebody you're sent not this. going analytics, are you? I am, I am. I understand the uh, optics of that. Wow. Hold on, let me put on my glasses. Wow. 
Maybe it's the seat you're in that McLovin used to sit there. You know what? I think it's the poll question. I think it's the poll question that does it. Because you start with numbers and stuff. Okay. So I'm looking at uh, Pro Football Focus, right? Uh, And somebody sent this to us on Twitter. It's percent improvement in wins above replacement, war, based on off-season roster moves. So they have the Broncos got 17% better, followed by the Colts, Raiders, Jaguars, Browns, um, and Chargers. They all got way better this season. The teams that got way worse, uh, the Falcons are 18% worse. (laughs) The Seahawks got way worse. The Bears, the uh, Packers, the Patriots all got way worse. (laughs) Yes, Paul. The Bears got worse, and they basically have the same team as last year. So they're just (laughs) saying, like, they're, they're just bad. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Make sure you check out all the great T-shirts that we have, danpatrick.com. Always got some sales. Make sure you uh, sign up for the newsletter as well. You'll hear about those great deals before anybody else does. Uh, Drake in Florida joins us. Hey, Drake, what's on your mind today? Hey, bud. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, uh you have this huge demographic that you've been talking about for a couple of years, and it kind of picked up speed here like this last month. And especially when everyone in the show staples, Jeff in Detroit talked about having a procedure. There's those of us that do find the remote and we are sitting on the couch. I'm on my fifth surgery in as many years. What about a t-shirt, something like on the mend row or suture row or medical leave row, something mm. like that. I mean, we're, we're here to, you every day and talked about us, but I thought I'd throw that out there. All but. right. All right. Uh, Drake wants to know if we could have a T-shirt made for those who are on the mend at home. Yeah, see, you. Uh, yeah, maybe we got to come up with some kind of club or something. Okay. Yes. Uh, maybe we just take that game of operation. That yes. We have <laughs> we That's have a, exactly right. We yeah. have a shirt that just uh, has, you know, different body parts maybe we'll just name like let's say you've had a surgery we'll name that body part after you know tom or timmy or sally that's a great idea yeah we could do that yeah paul and i'm back i'll say back in traction mm. back on traction mm. Mm. operation bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching yeah jeremy in alabama hi jeremy what's on your mind today well um i was listening earlier about the uh, comment about what fritzy could do uh, for a bet yeah. that that would punish him, you know, make him pick. What does he love more, lyric, uh, limericks or uh, mock headlines? And if he loses, then he loses one of those for a year. Oh gosh, um, I think harsh. I think you've sort of taken on the limerick. Uh, you, you've taken that baton because I think Ryan in Honolulu has maybe out mocked you with your headlines. Just gotten too competitive. I think he's, he's better off doing the poem and not having to deal with the. I think he's mocking you with with his headlines. I think you are. I think he is because he he'll come up with things that are a bit of a reach, and then you guys cackle at it anyway because of his delivery. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, there's a little of that. Okay, uh, Todd has a limerick. The uh, NFL quarterback moves and uh, a, a few openings left, apparently. Is that the topic of your limerick? Yes, the latest NFL QB okay. moves. Who's All in, right. who's out? Here is Todd's uh, limerick. Jimmy G and Baker may be crying, as no one seems to be buying. The Browns gave Deshaun lots. Now there's very few spots. You see the Colts just added Matt Ryan. Okay. All right. I like that you can usually tell exactly what the last line is going to be by Todd's first line. Oh, crying must be something about Matt Ryan. Like, hey, somebody just 
That guy's hey, famous. Hey, whack it. You know the last thing is going to be bracket. This guy is used to be famous, and then you know it eventually it's going to be, and his name is Jameis. Sometimes you're feeling Churlopolo. Oh, no, really? <laughs> that's, that's not even a word. You really got to get Garoppolo? That's not a word. I think, Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, you're going to end up with uh, you know, Garoppolo. That's so weak. That's funny, man. Falcons traded Matt Ryan and got basically a soda. And then it's going to lead to Marcus Mariota. Whatever you got to do to Ba-doom. get the lineman. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. Uh, By all means necessary. Our, bus, our buddy Gus in Los Angeles is uh, back with us. Good morning, Gus. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mr. DP. Thank you for taking my phone call. I'm just trying to catch my breath after laughing at you guys. Um, so really quickly, last night, LeBron did what he did. You know, get, he gets a triple-double and everything like that. We got Tom Brady coming into his, what, 23rd year? Is this kind of going to be what we're going to see from now on? I'm not saying that the times are softer, but would Tom and LeBron be doing this if they begin their careers in 1980 as opposed to when they started them now? Or are we going to be able to see John Morant playing, you know, 19 years and doing this at that age? Or is this just once in a lifetime that we're seeing of these two guys? Thank you very much. You boys have a great week. All right, buddy. Thank you, Gus. Um, you know, in the 80s, you weren't pacing yourself. Uh, was the sport more violent, more physical? Yes, absolutely. You know, they, we had not heard of load management. You took great pride in playing every game. You didn't want to come out of a game. And you can say that today's athlete is a smarter businessman. You know, Tom Brady is, without these new rules, Tom Brady, I don't think, is playing into his 40s. We protect the quarterback. If you watch an NBA game, you know, if LeBron did that and he was playing against a quality team and he went in for a dunk, you're not getting out of the way. You would have found him. And, you know, there's part of LeBron who is old school when he first started. You know, you got to be around long enough to have been old school. So he knows what it was like when he faced the Pistons or he faced the Celtics. Like, they were physical with you. They tried to rough you up. They tried to intimidate him. But today's NBA, I mean, that's why guys are scoring so many points. You got guys that you're not even aware of, and they're getting 50 points in a game. The game has changed. It's wide open. They want more scoring, and they don't want Greco-Roman wrestling. When you had Pat Riley coaching the Knicks or Mike Fratello with the Cavs, it was horrible basketball. First person to 90 would win. Horrible basketball. But it was physical basketball. And for some reason, Commissioner Stern allowed that to continue. Put your hand on guys. Hand check them. Forearm bar. All of that stuff. Now, you can't do anything. It's just up and down. Up and down. Yeah, Paul. But the days of playing through an injury or coming back from an injury earlier than expected, they seem to be almost completely over. Like, the team doesn't really want it. The player doesn't want it. And not to go back to Michael Jordan, but we will. But his second year in the league, remember he had the broken foot, and he came back at the end of the season like, oh, he's going to try to play. People are like, well, no, it's a foot. You should rest it. Like, Zion's resting it, not pushing it. Yeah. But you don't have that three-game set against the that made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan where he lost to the Celtics. That wouldn't happen in today's – he would have been shut down. Yeah, and you also have guys like Larry Bird. Would he have played differently? Um, which I don't know if he could have. But, you know, Larry didn't have a long career. Grant Hill, if he played now, he'd pace himself. They would be, you know, probably uh, more proactive in protecting him. Proper recovery there. But you played in an era where you just played. I mean, I, I remember in high school, 
I needed knee surgery when I was uh, 15. And my dad said it was open. They would have to open up my knee. And my dad said, can you play with your knee like this? What am I going to tell the Marine? No. So I was like, yeah, you know, get a brace and all. I waited nine years to get surgery, first surgery on my knee. And I've had six surgeries since then. But at the time, you were like, God, I don't want to sit down. And that's just in high school. These guys are making big time money. And they're smarter now. But watching LeBron last night, I, I, I want to be fair to him. You know that I am a LeBron apologist, but I also, there are times when I just say, I don't believe, I don't believe that you're having the time of your life. Your team isn't good. You've been frustrated. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been, you know, run through the ringer as if he is, you know, some bum. And you had a triple-double, and this is about your stats. It is. It's about, I passed Carl Malone, I want to lead the league in scoring, I had a triple-double, uh, I had a pseudo-posterizing dunk on Kevin Love. You know, this is, this is about LeBron. This isn't about the Lakers, because I don't know how you can have the time of your life. Uh, he had this to say uh, about that when he was asked about trying to get into the play-in tournament. And the question has to do with, finding purpose in a season where they're just trying to get into the play-in tournament. Here's LeBron. I can care less about what the narrative about our team is. At my point in my career, I don't get involved in that stuff. I don't read about it. I don't hear it too much. It's like, really, I, I go home, drink wine or drink tequila every night. And if I'm at my house in L.A., I'm watching a movie with the kids or I'm playing Madden. I don't, it doesn't, none of that stuff matters to me. Um, I'm, I'm having a blast playing a game of basketball. All right. He might be, but this is the ultimate winner, right? It's about winning. Always about winning with LeBron. It's going to the better team. It's winning championships. That's how you're going to be defined. Statistically, nobody's going to be able to touch him. He'll be the greatest player in NBA history statistically, all the categories that he checks off. Okay. To surpass Michael Jordan, it's about winning. And it is, he wants to be recognized in that conversation. It's like LeBron is always passive aggressive. Like, you know, nobody gives me credit for being a great scorer. No, they think you're one of the two greatest players of all time. There are a lot of guys who are great scorers. We talk about Alex English, uh, Allen Iverson, Adrian Dantley. Like, these are all great scorers. Nobody's saying, man, you know, they're one of the top 10 players of all time, top five players of all time. I mean, that's, that's the brilliance of LeBron is, you know, I just don't tag him with, he's a great scorer. He's not a great shooter. He is a great scorer, but he's a great passer. Uh, rebounds, steals, all of those things. So I think when I listen to him saying he's having the time of his life, I think it's just individually or selfishly he's saying that because maybe he is. Hey, I'm proving everybody all the doubters wrong. I'm 37. I'm doing everything I can do. Nobody else is. AD can't stay healthy. Russ was, you know, never should have picked him up. Uh, we don't get bench help. I'm having the time of my life when I go out there and I'm playing. I don't think you are. Yeah, Paul. Do you, and I know he can't say it, but do you think when you see, hear things like that, he's resigned to himself deep down that I'm not playing for a title this year. I can't verbalize that because they would be slaughtered. But I think deep down he knows he's not on a team that's playing for a title this year. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, and that's why I said it a couple of weeks ago, this is going to morph into LeBron talking about individual stuff. And that's exactly what's happened because there's nothing else to talk about. Do I, do I think that the criticism doesn't bother him? I'd be shocked. How he's wired, how he gets upset on the floor. But do I think, you know, he's having the time of his life? I, I'm surprised, but maybe he is. We'll take a break. Uh, Mark Sanchez will join us, get his thoughts on Baker Mayfield. Uh, what's he think of what the Cleveland Browns have done here in the last 48 hours? And uh, Jimmy G, what's his future? So a few quarterback questions for Mark. He'll join us coming up next year, Dan Patrick Show. We love Link Soul. In fact, I got uh, Link Soul on today. Earth Tones, I think Paulie called this. Uh, yeah, if you were a rapper, your, uh, your nickname would be Earth Tones with a Z in the end. Ooh, okay. You look good. All right. Link Soul, lifestyle that's rooted in golf, but uh, can be worn on and off the course, in and out of the ocean, hats, hoodies, shorts, pants. Love the vibe. You dress it up, dress it down. We're all in. Got a chance to go out to the Link Soul Lab is what they call. And I went in there and I got to see all the diagrams, all the fabrics, open up catalogs. I'm thinking, I know I'm not a designer. I mean, I'm a consultant to the designer. Fashion consultant. Yes, fashion consultant to the designer. But uh, Link Soul has done it right. Love the folks there. Uh, you have uh, Bubba Watson. I saw Bubba playing this past weekend. He had Link Soul on, two-time Masters champ. Alex Smith, the former quarterback and ambassador of Link Soul as well. So check it out. They got something for everybody there. Linksoul.com. Linksoul.com. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program award nominated... Brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Style, runs in the family. Athleticism runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Learn more at MBUSA.com or test drive one at your local dealer. Update the poll results, Seton, if you can, from the first hour and a half. Team that improved the most this offseason. Uh, Broncos running away with it at 40% of the vote, followed by basically a three-way tie between the Chargers, Raiders, and Bengals. Not much love for the Browns, Colts, and Jags. All right. Uh, Leonard Fournette has re-signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's a three-year deal. Uh, good for him. Good for him. Uh, let's bring in Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst, former NFL quarterback, and, uh, of course, uh, former USC quarterback. And he sits down. He's got his uh, USC golf shirt on. He's got his brackets there that he's showing us. And Mark's doing well in the bracket challenge right now. But you lost Iowa in Kentucky. So you lost yeah. two of your final four teams. Still got Arizona and Gonzaga. No, well, I had Villanova, Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga. So just one final four team, right? Uh, I got you with Kentucky and Iowa. Wait, is this a mistake, Ton? That's the sheet I got. I'll take another look. Okay. I got uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky, uh, I, oh no, I printed, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. I printed, I'm in a, another bracket with my brother and his buddies, uh, and I printed the wrong one. Okay. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Are, are you on another radio I sit show? Corrected. <laughs> yeah, all the other radio shows. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, why are we Zooming today? We normally just do a phone call. Also, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I don't know. I, I love when we Zoom. 
but do you? Yeah. Like, okay. You know what? That makes one of us. It's, it's good for this. The only thing that came out of the pandemic that was good was this, that you got to Zoom people. I agree in some ways, but the overzealous Zoomers, I'm out. <laughs> totally out. If it can be handled verbally yeah. on a phone call, yeah. like you have a, you know, there's a visual element to your show. Yeah. Obviously, keeping Todd off camera is important, but you, wow. you want to be, you they, know, you got a lot of tchotchkes. You got a lot that the viewers need to see. I get that. But when people are like, hey, let's jump on a Zoom for 20 minutes, I'm like, or what? Well, that bothers me because it feels like, yeah, I I have a problem with that. Nobody just calls you on the phone. It's got to be, we got to do a Zoom. Yeah. And I, so I do have a problem with that. But but, I think people want to look busy, you know, like, oh, oh, did you say 20? 20 was the margin? Got it. Okay. Well, there there are times when I'm on the phone and you hit mute and you can still hear what somebody's saying. And I could be talking to my wife or, you know, I could be doing something and, you know, I can't do that on a Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to ask you about Baker Mayfield at the point of his career, because you played four seasons with the Jets and then they were moving on from you. I think you were around 26, maybe. And you were a star there in New York. But I was wondering can you put us in the, the position that Baker's in right now that after four years, you're 26 and the Browns are moving on from you. So what do you, what would be your advice to him? You know, it's, <laughs> it's just a reminder that this is the ultimate meritocracy, right? What have you done for me lately? Is there something better? And if you remember uh, going into my third year, I want to say uh, it was when Peyton Manning was getting ready to, you know, do his, he was, people were shopping him and seeing what was going on. And, and the Jets 100% kicked the tires on him. I have no doubt in my mind. And did that bother me? Of course it bothered me. You know, I'm their franchise guy. We had just been to back to back AFC title games. Like we're knocking on the door. We got a shot to really build something here. And they go, and, you know, now in hindsight, if I'm the Jets, hell yeah, I'm going to go check out Peyton Manning. <laughs> hell yeah, I'm going to go look at his neck and make sure he can play and bring him in for a workout if he's willing and all this kind of stuff. And try and keep it under wraps for our young quarterback so he doesn't get, you know, all uh, heard about it. But that's just the way it goes. That's the nature of this business. And it's unfortunate, but that's what you sign up for. And and it's just a, um, a harsh and unfortunate reminder that when you sign up to play quarterback in the NFL – you sign up for everything, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the injuries, the success, the failures. For Baker, um, you know, as soon as he knew that that was going to happen, as soon as he knew that Deshaun Watson was a possibility or whatever, yeah, I mean, to request a trade, you can't fault the guy. I know he's been getting a ton of criticism, but he's a lightning rod type person anyway, right? You either love him or hate him. There's not many people that are lukewarm on Baker. You just got to kind of be either way. So, I mean, what's a what's a, what's one more headline saying Baker wants to be out? Like, who? if I'm Baker, who cares? Like, it makes no difference. So, um, Do you, you think know, he's, he's a starting quarterback next year? Somebody will give him a chance to compete, and that's a crappy answer, and I'm sorry, because I do – you know, I'm too nice with this stuff, but I, I 
He's tough. He's gritty. He's, but where um, where can he compete for a job? Do you think Seattle now, wants him? Now, I don't know. I, I don't know because Pete's going to want somebody who can move a little bit. And and that's something I think um, Coach Carroll has realized in his time. You look at the USC-Texas game in the Rose Bowl. You look at any time he's played a mobile quarterback like that, he understands as a defensive guy what stresses him the most. We can play the perfect defense. And if Russell Wilson's going to run around in the backfield – for six seconds, you can't cover for that long. You just can't do it. And there's 53 and a third yards of a field that you got to cover. And this guy's running around like a pinball back there, bouncing off the tackles and spinning and throwing off his back foot and, you know, <clears throat> hitting Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf 35 yards downfield or behind the line of scrimmage on the opposite side of the field. Now the whole defense has to run. You can't do that. So he knows what stresses him. And that's, that's a big point on – you know, for defensive head coaches, they want on offense what gives them fits on defense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that's just natural that you you want something that's difficult to defend. So I don't know if Baker moves enough for Coach Carroll and he turns the ball over too much for Coach Carroll. So Coach Carroll's going to want great defense, great special teams, and a quarterback that can, you know, lock in. And when we need you to make the miraculous play, go for it, kid. It's fourth down. Let it rip. But when it's time to, you know, second and 10, I need a completion to get us into a third and manageable. I don't know if he would trust somebody like that in that situation. Now, you know, there's something to be said for him to be groomed into what they want or molded into what they want. But Baker's a pretty unique guy, pretty unique personality. He's, you know, he's, um, I don't know, he's, he's, a, he's a different cat. But he's, listen, <laughs> he's a Heisman Trophy winner. You can't take that away from him. He's the first pick in the NFL draft. You can't take that away from him. He's won a bunch of games. He took the Browns to the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. He's he's done a couple things that not just a couple, a lot of things that warrant some, you know, cachet in this league. It's just, are you willing to take a chance on him? And now it's just so dang late for the guy. Like yeah. all these spots are getting filled. Matt Ryan just landed. Like the dominoes have all fallen and he's kind of on the outside, unfortunately, looking in. So it's that's a tough spot, man. I don't I don't envy that position. But he's in a I don't know. Listen, when they did the whole Peyton Manning thing, back to my, you know, crappy story for a second, they ended up giving me a, a huge contract. I renegotiated after like two years or three years or whatever and got a huge payday, almost as like a uh, mea culpa. Like, I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> and so you know, I can't complain about that. That's just kind of the way it worked out. For Baker, they ended up signing the guy. Now, if the Jets would have signed Peyton Manning, then I'm out of there. You know, I would have went somewhere else. So. Well, how how much better are the Browns today? Well, where do they go at receiver? That's because they lose Jarvis. Well, they, I think um, they're trying to get Jarvis back, aren't they? And they have Amari Cooper. Okay. Yeah, Amari Cooper is a huge pickup for them. Um, you know, and, and that's going to be Deshaun's guy. To bring back Jarvis would be huge if he's willing to take, you know, a little bit less. And you see that happening, right? And And I've heard you talk about it. I've heard uh, Coward talk about it, and, and it's really the new, the new model is you get one of these young quarterbacks for cheap. You build up the entire team around them, <clears throat> and after four or five years, whether you pick up their fifth-year option or not, then you decide, okay, is this guy worth this massive contract, and then we're going to have to dish out all these other players because we can't keep everybody. So when Aaron Rodgers takes that massive deal, Devontae Adams is standing there like, all right, man, you know, I got to go get mine somewhere else. It's not personal. It's business. I'll see you later. And so when the quarterback, look at Joe Flacco, look at 
uh, you know, he gambled like nobody's business, man. On that last year, no contract, nothing. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, signs the $100 million deal. They had to break up that team. And they didn't, you know, they didn't have that kind of success ever again. So, and that's not on Joe. That's, you know, that's his big payday. He deserved it. There's a, there's an argument for that. There's also an argument for the Tom Brady approach where, yeah, could I make 35? Could I make 40? Am I comfortable with 25? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Let's go pick up these other players that I'm going to need down the stretch and not just starters. I need depth. I need $2 million to pay our backup wide receiver slot who's, our ace on special teams and he's going to go to a divisional opponent. We need two and a half now, not just two, like those kind of decisions factor into how long you can play this thing out and how far you can take your team. So it's, uh, it's difficult, but once you sign that massive deal, it's, uh, it's hard, man. And, and it's good for those guys. They deserve it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what, what's more important? What's, you know, what are you trying to do? Reverse engineer it. Do you want to win games? Do you want to sign a big deal? And then, you know, reverse engineer it from there. He's Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst. Uh, the Broncos with Russell Wilson, if, if we're going to have the hierarchy in the AFC West, uh, Chiefs at, still at the top? You know, that's, that's interesting. I thought, and, and it's funny how things worked out in the AFC, right? Like you look at even Matt Ryan going to the, to the Colts, like, that's huge. They're in a division where, you know, it's them and the Titans. The Titans slightly aging might be, you know, time for them to start to turn some of those pieces over. And, you know, the Colts could could run away with that division potentially. Who knows what happens in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, first year, great quarterback. Let's see how that goes. <clears throat> but then he's got to play in the AFC. Who the hell is going to win that, the AFC? If you're in the NFC as a quarterback, that's like fast pass. That's like, you know, carpool lane, HOV, like you're good. Just get to the playoffs. You might have to face Brady in the championship or Rodgers in the championship. Like that's where you want to be. In the AFC, it's bottleneck there. And there's so many good players, so many good teams. They just kind of, you know, knock each other out. And what was crazy last year is the Bengals hang on. All they had to do was get in the tournament. They had the old, you know, uh, New York Jets mentality. Just get in the tournament. However you got to do it, if you got to back in the last day, the last night, because the Falcons lose and we win or whatever, and Indy sits their players and we win, whatever it takes, man, just get in. So if you're going to rank them, shoot. I, I mean, you got to take the Chiefs. They won the division last year, um, you know, defending division champ. Give them the – you got to beat the champ to be the champ kind of thing. So I'd give them the number one slot. But after that, I feel like the Chargers are right there, man. And now with the Raiders, with their acquisitions, <laughs> and the Broncos with their acquisitions, it's just kind of like one and then one ABC. Like, I, I don't even know how you separate those guys. And it's all going to play out, obviously, this season. But that's going to be the fun is are all these debates on who's going to be this, who's going to be that. I will say, though, that, you know, I think the Broncos might have won this trade now. If the Seahawks can play this thing right, and I don't know who the hell they're going to play at quarterback. Maybe it's Drew Locke. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Malik Willis. Maybe they go make a move in the draft or something, and they draft and develop. But if they can hit on those two ones and two twos, which is hard. I mean, that's really hard. Even if they hit on three of those four, I mean, they might have won this thing for the long haul because, you know, Russ is coming off his worst year. He's going to be motivated, of course. He's going to have – you know, offensive weapons. He's going to have a great defense to help him. But I don't know. I mean, this this could be 
I think Seattle might have won this thing in the long haul. And in, in the next five years, you look at it, it might have been the right move for them. You're uh, flying the USC colors. Are you uh, you going to practice today? I am going to practice today. Uh, check out Coach Riley and those boys for uh, for the first day of spring practice. So I'm excited for that. Now, were um, you invited or you just kind of show up? I always just – I've, I've kept a close <laughs> relationship with – them i'm like a uh you know a tennessee tick man i dug myself in they can't get rid of me wow so uh i love that place and and they know that i I support them like crazy i was crushed when they lost their first game of uh the tournament i was hoping our guys would show out a little bit but we'll see um do you help them recruit a little bit i mean if they need me you know call them up and let them know it's best place in the world no better weather Maybe you talk to the moms. I'd use you for that, but I'd have you on a Zoom call. <laughs> I don't want to hide the. Doing. I don't want to hide the moneymaker there, Sanchez. But it's I'm just, all that. It's all that uh, M Drive product you there, guys got me. Whoa. You know, I've been using this stuff. I'm look at you. Plug? All right. I've been using. I've really, actually, have been using the brain. Whatever. So now I'm not just the pretty face. You know. Now I got the brain working. All six brain cells, buddy. I didn't know there were any left after your uh, your days Very in New York. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> you got one you know, more than one more than liner. You got one more than liner. <laughs> hey, we played in that flag football tournament. I did all right. Uh, two weeks ago, did yeah. you see any of that? No, no. So Rogers, they got Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Liner, Sam Darnold, me, Kyle Allen, and Desmond Ritter. I think that's eight of us. And we played on these flag football teams. People bid on the quarterbacks, like the first two quarterbacks. So somebody paid like $110,000 for Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback. It was for RX3, a part of Roth Capital, this investment group that we're all in. Yeah. Dude, it was awesome. You should have seen these guys. I mean, Carson came back out of nowhere. Mountain man from Idaho, finally back in SoCal. The fact that they got him out here shocked me. And you know he's like my idol. So I always have to, like – you know, compose myself before I see Carson, but he was slinging it, man. Him, but but Aaron, who was taking it? Who took it the, the most serious? Oh, as soon as the whistle blew, everybody. It was like, especially the old guys, older guys, I should say. But Carson, like Matt, like those, it was like, all right, here we go. The first <laughs> game, we're kind of feeling ourselves out. Yeah. Like, okay, do we have any players on our team? By the second game, I mean, Carson was dropping dimes, just whizzing <laughs> balls by these guys. And some guys were like former players. We had like Chris Conti, Dante Whitner, um, you know, a, a bunch of dudes. And, and it, was, uh, it was really fun. But, you know, you get these guys that were, you know, in venture capitalists and, uh, you know, guys who don't really play ball. Like they might have played in high school or whatever, but they're just getting <laughs> their hands bloodied up by a ball over the middle from Carson Palmer. It was awesome, man. It was the funniest thing I've seen in a while. That's great. That's great. Hey, it's great to talk to you as always. Have fun today at practice, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. That's Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst, and, of course, uh, former quarterback at USC and in the NFL. We'll take a break. Phone calls coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. 
We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get to your phone calls coming up. By the way, check out Penny's Bang Biscuits. If you have a dog, you have a puppy, and uh, these are bite-sized treats there. They're uh, healthy, all-natural ingredients. 20% of all Bang Biscuit sales will be given back to handpicked partners in the pet industry. Very proud of what we've uh, come up with here the last couple of years. Phil Mickelson's not going to play in the Masters. And I don't know if anybody's making much out of this, but Phil has, you know, won the Masters three times. You get an automatic invite. If you're a former Masters champ, you know, he's been going there for almost 30 years. I think this would have been his 30th year. He had been listed as among the participants until Monday. His name was included among past champions who won't participate. And... This would have been his 30th Masters. Now, I don't know whose decision this was, because the Masters is its own governing body. They don't listen to the PGA. Masters does what the Masters wants to do. But Phil was embroiled in a controversy, and that happened last month. He sat down with an author, Alan Shipnuck, and uh, released an excerpt from his upcoming unauthorized biography of him, in which Phil was talking about trying to break away from the PGA and get involved in something financed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. And Phil described the Saudis to the author as scary, quote scary, but he was looking past their controversial history of human rights violations to gain leverage with the PGA Tour. Now, Phil thought he was off the record. But there's mixed reports on that because Alan Shipnuck said, no, wasn't off the record. Either way, it's out there. And, you know, Phil feels like that uh, he was misled as far as um, off the record comments shared out of context without his consent. But he says uh, the bigger issue is I used words that do not reflect my true feelings or intentions. And he lost some sponsors. He lost uh KPMG, longtime sponsors, uh, Amstel Light, Workday, Callaway paused its sponsorship with Phil Mickelson. But I don't know who decided at Augusta that you're not going to have Phil Mickelson there. And I don't know if Phil suggested this, but by bringing the topic up doesn't mean that I'm siding with anybody here as much as just I'm curious how this happened, that The Masters had him on the list, and then all of a sudden he was going to be on the list of those past winners who was not going to be competing at Augusta. I don't know who else has dealings with Saudi Arabia, but it feels like there's probably some sponsors who have some dealings with Saudi Arabia. We're trying to see if we could get some more answers here. Uh, The Masters PR, and we, we called for Phil Mickelson just to find out Uh, You know, Phil said that he was reckless. He offended people. Deeply sorry for my choice of words. I'm beyond disappointed and will make every effort to self-reflect and learn from this. He's kind of not gone into hiding, but he has not been playing. I don't know if that 
PGA just said, look, I think it's best for all of us if you just sit down. Maybe you come back. You know, maybe it's the commissioner's exempt list. Because it has that feeling like, go away. Let's let this kind of settle a little bit. But, you know, Phil addressed, uh, you know, the uh, Washington Post writer who was executed by the Saudis. And, you know, he talked about how scary these people are. Uh, talked about, you know, what they do to people who are gay. He thought this was off the record, but Alan Shipnuck, who is a, a longtime golf writer, said, no, this was not off the record. Nothing was taken out of context here. But Phil's not going to be at the Masters, and that'll be the first time in 30 years, which was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, Paul. I'm curious if uh, these sponsors would have uh, left Phil Mickelson if he were 25, mm. not 51. 51 is... You know, his best days as a golfer, no offense, are behind him, but that's just the math of it. If he were a uh, young, hot golfer, not an older, but still very popular and very marketable golfer, would these uh, sponsors have bailed? Um, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I don't know if Phil says something about not being able to go to Augusta. I mean, I hope he does, you know, just to let those patrons know Hey, I'd love to be there. You know, I won three times there. I love it there. Uh, it's a it's a course suited for me, and and I hope he gets an opportunity to at least address that he's missing out on something that he's been going to for almost thirty years. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Sean in Oregon. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today? Having the time of my life listening to you guys, Dan. <laughs> All right, LeBron. <laughs> and you know, uh, you know, I I kind of side with LeBron here on this. Okay. And- I think he's just trying to say, you know, the the best day playing or the worst day playing basketball is better than the worst day working. It's kind of like fishing. If you're going fishing with your buddy and and you look over and you're not catching no fish, and you say, "Hey man, how you doing over there?" He says, "Man, I'm having the time of my life." And you guys ain't catching fish. Well, okay, I've I've had this analogy before, and thank you, Sean. I've said that I have played bad golf at Pebble Beach. But I've never had a bad – I've had a bad round at Pebble Beach. I've never had a bad day at Pebble Beach, if that makes sense. You're out there, and it's just such a wonderful course, the scenery. And even if you're you know, shooting in the mid-80s or higher, you're still having a damn good day. But this is, this is just different with LeBron. I mean, there's so much attached to this. It's just me playing golf. All right, I played poorly, but it's a nice day. LeBron is one of the most recognizable athletes in the world and the fan base with the Lakers and what it means and getting into the playoffs here. You're trying to struggle to get into the play in game, but he's having the time of his life. Individually. He is because he is playing well. If this team was second in the standings in the West, LeBron would be your MVP with the numbers that he's put up final hour coming up. Sean Salisbury on Deshaun Watson leaving Houston and the passing of his good buddy, John Clayton. One more item. We close at hour two. We have different ideas about success. We achieve it at different times in our lives, in different ways. If you've recently changed jobs or maybe you're considering retirement, you're probably thinking about your own version of success and striving to reach your goals. Maybe thinking about your investment portfolios and retirement accounts. Retirement's a big deal when it comes to investing You can't make a mistake, and you shouldn't have to do it alone. For over 130 years, Stiefel Financial Advisors have helped clients like you create personalized retirement plans, understand the many options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. 
And you have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, enabling you to make informed decisions regarding your hard-earned wealth. Invest in your success, and you can do so with Stiefel. Find a Stiefel advisor at Stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.